مولانا اشرف ٹاکرہ چوائنز اس آن دلائن مولانا السلام علیکم ورحمت اللہ وبرکاتہ وعلیکم السلام ورحمت اللہ وبرکاتہ جزاکم اللہ خیر معافو چوائنز اس آن دی پروگرام دس مونین مولانا دی بک دیت بی دسکس ہیونز بینکرز انسائد دی ہیرن ورلڈ او اسلامی فائننس بائی حارس ارفان Let's start off, Ma, by, 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 by telling us uh, what this book is all about. Well, Monana, uh, I became interested in this book after listening to a podcast on the Thinking Muslim podcast that is broadcast on YouTube. Um, and I found this interview with uh, um, Haris uh, uh, Irfan very, very interesting. The Thinking Muslim, Muslim podcast is a channel that I would highly recommend listeners to listen, subscribe to and listen to. Uh, since they host a highly uh, number of uh, uh, very proficient guests. Uh, now, this book concerns Islamic finance and Islamic banking. Uh, Islamic finance is really um, a, a worldwide uh, phenomena, um, and the total asset value of Islamic finance markets uh, amounts to $3.95 trillion. Uh, Islamic finance started to get the world's attention uh, where it collides with the capitalist interest of uh, profit maximization at the global level. And during this time, uh, uh, Haris Irfan was amongst the early generation of structuralists um, who were responsible in, for designing financial contracts that are appealing to the conventional investor uh, and at the same time observe the Sharia requirements. Despite having an illustrious beginning, Irfan's journey into the world of Islamic finance has eventually sparked a puzzle within himself. And this puzzle was the question that is Islamic finance heading towards the right direction? He then started to critically evaluate Islamic financial industry um, by focusing on, on the legal um, and the moral aspects of Islamic finance based on both the letter and the spirit of Islamic law. Irfan managed to share his rich professional experience and personal acquaintance with scholars to expose uh, the false flag of Islamic finance and how it is lurking the harms which it seeks to avoid in the first place. So basically, this is the, what the book is about. Well, what are some of the main arguments that the author makes in this book? Well, in the prologue section, um, it actually narrates how uh, the author's journey into the world of Islamic finance began in the early 2001. Uh, the attacks on, 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 on the 11th September 2001 is described by the author as a blessing in disguise that led to the exponential growth of interest in Islamic finance uh, because a huge amount of inv investment that originated from the Middle East was diverted back now to the region. While the Western world shuns Islamic law as being an outdated code of laws, Islamic finance uh, may be able to provide that higher moral and universal justice uh, that are at the core of Islamic law. Despite this noble goal, it also raises a fundamental question at the beginning of his journey into Islamic finance. And this is that are morals and profits compatible to sustain an ethical yet practical bank banking model? So this book starts with the story of an Islamic financial expert who is being laid off as a result of the Great Recession that was looming in the Islamic financial industry um, at the Dubai International Financial Center. 
Um, the story sparked curiosities among readers <coughs> as to why the financial industry was in such a bad shape. The author clearly defines the focus of the book, which is to provide a critical evaluation of modern Islamic finance based on the letter and the spirit of Islamic law. The history of modern Islamic finance, uh, he, he, he traces this starting with the aspirations by Muslims to fulfill their socio-economic needs while observing the Sharia requirements, which are basically interest-free with profit-sharing arrangements. Unfortunately, these Islamic banks, he says, fail to realize the promise of development due to many weaknesses that are inherent in the practice. The great potential of Islamic finance managed to pull global conventional bank banks to join the bandwagon by opening Islamic windows, and they successfully managed to compete with the original Islamic banks due to their competitive advantages. These global conventional banks had the upper hand in the Islamic financial industry since they possess bigger uh, pools of funds, uh, greater expertise in banking system, uh, a better sales network, uh, in, uh, together with the re regulatory legal, legal requirements that tend to accommodate the conventional banking operations. Next, the author then tried, uh, tries to clear the general misconception about Islamic finance, where Islamic finance is not simply interest-free, but he, he makes the argument that it is loaded with values that are derived from the objectives of Islamic law. It also explains the fundamentals of Islam and how uh, Deen al-Islam shaped the evolution of Islamic law from the time of the Rasul sallallahu to the codification of commercial law and the spread of money uh, and the money economy during the Crusades. He then discusses the origin of money and emphasizes that its role should be limited to a medium of exchange, since interest seems to be commonly prohibited across various religions and it has been censured by philosophers over time. The following three chapters relate uh, to the roles of scholars and bankers of Islamic finance. The scholars played a major role in interpreting the principles of finance from the sources of law uh, and the fundamental rule in Islamic commercial law is that all financial transactions must be free from two, two, element, uh, two elements, riba and um, uh, uncertainty. Uh, uh, on its birth, Islamic, modern Islamic finance was facing a supply side constraint due to lack of available products. This opportunity managed to attract global banks to set up Islamic wings um, uh, that are manned by professional bankers under the guide of, his, of, of the Sharia scholars. At the beginning, the scholars would study the investors' requirements with the help of the professional bankers and design contracts that accommodate both the investors uh, and their preferences and Sharia law. After numerous engagements between the scholars in developing Islamic financial contracts, naturally the prof professional bankers would be able to grasp the Sharia requirements and managed to structure these financial contracts under a minimal intervention by the Islamic scholars. Later, many global banks found out that these financial contracts could easily be replicated, and this explains why many global banks did not hesitate to lay off the Islamic finance specialists during the world financial crisis, despite the illustrious con uh, contributions uh, of these Islamic finance specialists at the early development stage. According to the author, Islamic finance thrusted into the world stage when some conventional 
bankers who are Muslims have taken the responsibility to develop Islamic finance uh, as their personal jihad, so, so, so to say, to promote Islam. These bankers suffered from cognitive dissonance uh, as they found that many practices of conventional finance are against their religious beliefs. The rapid progress of Islamic finance was also due to the involvement of Sharia scholars who were astounded by the huge fees paid to them for their fatwas by the global conventional banks. However, the author does not discuss the inherent conflict of interest that arises from these fees and the payment of these fees that may have caused Islamic law to be compromised. Unfortunately, as the story unfolds, the involvement of global banks in promoting Islamic finance has changed from an initially strategic decision to what the author regards as an opportunistic behavior. This seems to confirm the suspicions that the global big banks were simply tempted by the huge profit opportunity and not really uh, about promoting ethical finance. Hence, when the world was uh, um, experiencing the um, turmoil in its economy, the banks immediately laid off the Islamic financial experts and some even wound up the Islamic finance windows um, because of strategic business decisions. Another interesting point meant by the, mentioned by the author was the possibility that the bank is not an Islamic concept in the first uh, instance. Unfortunately, uh, he does not elaborate on this point in great, greater detail. Throughout the book, the author emphasizes that morality and justice uh, in issues related to relating to wealth, um, which are, in fact, he, he says, universal across various religions and uh, inherent in common uh, human um, uh, sense, uh, they are lacking, he says, in the modern financial markets. He draws similarities on the prohibition of riba in Christianity and Islam, but riba, he says, managed uh, to sweep into Christianity via what is called the contractum trinius, an elaborate medieval ruse where three separate contracts of investment, uh, sale of future profit, and insurance against loss are combined to circumvent the church's initial prohibition of riba. The three contracts, while individually adhering to the letter of the church's law, when they are combined in a single contract, they defeat the spirit of the law. This is where the author tried to draw a parallel with uh, Islamic finance. Uh, and, and he says that the application of bayal ina, a commodity murabaha or tawarruk, where complex contracts are tailored by Sharia scholars to accommodate the risk appetite of in, in investors while not breaking the literal prohibition of riba, is very similar. He is worried that Islamic finance seems to follow the same route in Christianity, where eventually the effects of riba will become common in financial contracts. While the simple form of riba is still regarded as not permissible, these complex Islamic financial products produce results that are similar to riba-based contracts in conventional banking. Uh, borrowing the phrase used by the author twice in the book with some modifications, he says that if it looks like riba, smells like riba, and acts like riba, then it is riba. From the various success stories narrated in the book, uh, we can easily identify uh, what we can call maybe reverse engineering as the standard operation in many Islamic finance products 
which are invented and crafted based on the risk and profit preference of the investors. Regardless of how intricate the investors' preference for raising money, the Sharia scholars seem to be able to design or endorse a product that suits both the client's demands and the Sharia requirements. The ability of the scholars to produce practical solutions is a clear evidence of their brilliant minds at understanding the workings of the financial industry. Unfortunately, the role of scholars in many Sharia boards nowadays is limited, he says, to evaluation and endorsement of products. Uh, they are no longer actively involved in product development. Uh, and and uh, he, he, he makes a, an appeal that uh, Islamic scholars should, um, in fact, devote themselves to uh, developing products that both carry the, the, the letter and the spirit of Islamic law. The scholars, he says, are not aggressively in, aggressive enough at throwing ideas about how Islamic finance should be and what are the financial products that should be the main instruments that better reflect the objectives of Islamic law and promote public interest. Nevertheless, the roles played by Islamic scholars seem to be improving, he says. Uh, when modern Islamic finance was born, the scholars seem to have, in the initial stages, compromised on some Sharia requirements in order to protect and support the young industry. These concessions were given on the pretense of necessity and uh, are, are, were of a temporary nature due to no uh, other available alternatives. The scholars remind the industry that the concessions were intended to be temporary until a better solution is found. Um, unfortunately, some of these confessions, concessions at least, were abused by the bankers where they even replicate the contracts and mass produce it to the market. As the industry matures, there were times when the scholars managed to flex their muscles and did not budge to the demands of investors that violate the Sharia. Few scholars were brave enough to question the prevailing practice in the industry and suggest radical solutions, albeit the cold response that they received from the industry. So he explains that while there are numerous financial contracts in the Islamic heritage, uh, and he explains these in details, a vast majority of contracts in modern Islamic finance are derived from Sukuk. The main factor for huge interest in Sukuk is due to its features that are similar to conventional bonds, um, therefore making it easier for investors to comprehend and fulfill their preference for fixed returns in Islamic finance. Uh, he mentions that the standard operation of Sukuk involves the creation of special purpose vehicles, the SPVs, uh, as intermediaries in charge of the underlying assets between investors and borrowers. As with other contracts in Islamic finance that involve the creation of SPVs, the complex structure of these contracts bears similar traits to the contractum trinius, where the application of legal tricks or hira uh, are used to circumvent the law and this is biased toward the protection of the interests of investors rather than um, showing a genuine um, uh, situation and, and fulfilling the needs and public interest. Why well, it seems that the author is making a strong case for more ethical uh, finance. Uh, yes, Molina, he, he, he argues for ethical finance uh, by explaining the economic dimensions of finance. Um, and, and, and this is quite impressive in his whole book. Uh, although some Sharia scholars tend to emphasize on the creation of wealth 
as more important than its distribution. Many Muslim economists uh, have always stressed that the main role of the Islamic financial sector is to, is to support the creation of wealth from real economic activities, not simply through monetization of, uh, and the process of monetization. And this is a uh, issue haunting conventional finance as well. Uh, we know that uh, global debt um, in, 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 in 2023 uh, uh, hit 97.1 trillion. Uh, and, and this is a 40% increase since 2019. Um, um, much of it because of the COVID-19 pandemic, where governments introduced sweeping financial measures to support the job market and to prevent uh, a wave of, uh, of bankruptcies. So this is uh, almost 300% of the world GDP, and it's, and it's at an uh, all-time high. This shows that somehow finance has derailed from its original task to support the real sector. The, and, and, and also shows that the monetization process has led um, us to this great depth that produces smaller, smaller amounts of real wealth, uh, and we have to create more real uh, wealth in order to serve our financial obligations. So um, uh, one can conclude that the, 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 the main thrust of this book uh, is to develop true Islamic finance uh, to change the mindset of, of, of Muslims and non-Muslims who are looking for ethical finance to accept the risk from profit and loss sharing based contracts uh, and he makes the, the, the argument that there is no use of having more scholars uh, that have what he calls cognitive dissonance um, but rather we need, we need more brave people uh, to promote changes in the industry um, if uh, society um, is uh, not ready to embrace the risk that is concomitant uh, with the change. Now, while this book deals with economics, is it a difficult book yes. to read and understand? Uh, with regard to the technical aspects of this book, then I found that the writing style of the book is very casual and it is easy to understand by the public. Uh, the author did an excellent job, I believe, at simplifying the technical descriptions of many Islamic financial products throughout the books. Uh, he uses the hadith um, and, and he references all of these uh, very clearly um, and, and, and makes the book a very reliable re read. There's also a very useful uh, glossary at the end of the book uh, where 32 pages are devoted to Islamic terms uh, to assist those people who don't know um, the Arabic terms discussed in the book. Uh, overall, I think uh, the, the author has a very well um, uh, done very well to critically evaluate many significant issues of Islamic finance, uh, and his approach is very balanced. Um, it is supported by unbiased discussions, um, and the the book at the end uh, leaves a person optimistic of the future of Islamic finance, uh, despite the many challenges uh, and problems that it may be facing at the moment. And Mao, what do we know about the author? Yes, so uh, uh, Harris Irfan is one of the world's leading Islamic finance bank bankers. Uh, he is the founder and managing partner of Cordoba Capital, which is an Islam independent Islamic finance advisory firm and was formerly the global head of Islamic finance at Barclays Bank. Uh, before working at Barclays, he was uh, the co-founder 
of uh, uh, Deutsche Bank's world-leading Islamic finance team. Uh, and he has represented various financial institutions to media organizations such as the BBC, uh, 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 CNBC, Bloomberg, uh, Reuters, and the Financial Times. Uh, the Islamic financial industry has grown significantly over the past 20 years, and for much of that period, uh, Aris Irfan was at, uh, at the core of its expansion uh, and the product innovation. So he's well placed uh, to, to, uh, to, to write such a book. And Ma, finally, the book, where is it available, the price of the book? Well, the, 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 the book is available uh, in two formats. It's available as a PDF, uh, which, which can be downloaded free from the Internet. Uh, in, in hard copy, uh, the, the book will cost you about 250 rands, um, and, and, and there one can acquire it to, uh, through Amazon uh, or via some bookseller. Uh, and, and the printer is then, uh, or the publisher is the Overlook Press. Uh, and it has been published by, by them. The title again is Heaven's Bankers Inside the Hidden World of Islamic Finance uh, by Haris or Harris Irfan. Jazakumullah khairamah for the, for the book review program and inshallah we will speak to Malana next week. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.